0: Good morning happy easter uh, i'm very encouraged this morning for two reasons first of all this time last year uh, either myself or daniel uh, or andy rob joel uh one of one of us will have been in a in our homes probably at a desk or at a table uh recording um our our welcomes our worship or sermon whatever it might be. Um, one year on, it's amazing to be here standing in front of actual people, actual church family, um, talking about the good news of Easter. Um, so what what an amazing encouragement that is. I'm also encouraged because this morning, uh, I stood in front of the mirror after I got ready. and I said to Indy, I was like, how can I go to church with hair like this? <laughs> and then how can I get up and preach with hair like this? Um, But I've been encouraged to see that there's an awful lot more of you who are in the exact same situation. So so I've been encouraged. I feel less bad. There's some awful Barnett's out there. So um, on this day, we celebrate the Lord Jesus returning to life three days after he was put to death on a cross and we call it the resurrection. Um, And we celebrate it because it changed everything. Everything that we as Christians, Believe is predicated, balanced on the events of Easter Sunday. The reason this building is here is because of Easter Sunday. The reason that we're all gathered um, is for that reason. Um, because the re- the result of that event two thousand years ago is new life, freedom from sin, adoption as sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's what Easter Sunday means. That's what it's brought. That's why it's so good to gather as a church, as people um, in this place to celebrate, to say hallelujah, to say amen to that. As a church, over the last couple of months, we've been working our way through the book of Exodus. Uh, We've just finished up going through the Ten Commandments. And we have seen as a church the need that we as God's creation have to be made right and to live according to God's standards. For the original readers of those commandments, um, so many thousands of years ago, um, they showed them how to live, how to please God, but for us, reading them today, they show us the goodness and the glory of the God of the Bible, and what they show us is freedom. They point to Jesus, and they say, this is where you find freedom from the law, freedom from sin, freedom from the need to match up and new life through the spirit the old testament points forward and what it points forward to is this day it's easter sunday to the resurrection because on easter sunday the body of jesus christ was resurrected that means it was brought back to life it was raised from the dead and when that happened everything changed for all of us we're going to read this morning from the book of john Um, we're going to read all of chapter 20 together um, and we're going to we're going to learn some more about Easter Sunday and what happened on that that amazing historic day so John chapter 20 if you've got Bibles please feel free to read along early on the first day of the week while it was still dark Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? thinking he was the gardener she said sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have put him and i will get him jesus said to her mary she turned toward him and cried out in aramaic rabbani which means teacher jesus said do not hold on to me for i have not yet ascended to the father go instead to my brothers and tell them i am ascending to my father and your father to my god and your god Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news I have seen the Lord and she told them that she had seen that he had said these things to her on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you after he said this he showed them his hands and his side the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord again jesus said peace be with you as the father has sent me i am sending you and with that he breathed on them and said receive the holy spirit if you forgive anyone's sins their sins are forgiven if you do not forgive them they are not forgiven now thomas also known as didymus was one of the twelve was not with the disciples when jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the lord Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for your word. We give you thanks that we can open it, that we can read it, that we can learn from it. I pray that you speak to us this morning from it, speak to our hearts, our minds, challenge us and encourage us as we seek to live for you. Amen. Um, I really love that interaction between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene has had a bit of a rough weekend to put it mildly. Um, we're told in Matthew chapter 7 that she was there to witness the horror of the cross just a few days beforehand Um, and Matthew chapter 27 tells us that she personally witnessed the brutal punishing death of Jesus on the cross watching as life left his body and so she has experienced grief upon grief her emotions are at their most frail And while she is in that terrible state, she comes to the tomb to discover that Jesus' body is no longer there. It was customary in those days to grieve for three days. And on this third day, she was clearly still in a terrible state of grief. So then this new development, this new information, might just have been about the last straw. As we read that passage, Mary Magdalene is at rock bottom. I'm sure that many of us have felt at rock bottom in various ways at some point in our lives, maybe specifically in the last 12 months. In the last year, we have all had to deal with isolation, with loss of friendship and fellowship. We've had our lives turned upside down. That may have brought with it a great deal of of stress, maybe loneliness, possibly depression a rapid drop in our mental well-being we may have seen a rise in apathy listlessness a feeling that there's not much point anymore or that things won't ever change many of us in that time have suffered loss and grief illness and death many of us have had to watch from afar as we as those that we care about grow up or grow old many have had to parent alone or without help from family we've been unable to see friends and family some prospects have been impacted and our ability to connect with and enjoy the company of others has been absent for so long we've missed church and fellowship I'm sure that I'm not the only one who, who reads those words, who, who sees the person of Mary Magdalene here at absolute rock bottom and might just about understand, might have a bit of empathy, might be able to identify with, that, with this feeling of being at rock bottom, the frailty, knows what it's like to be really, really struggling and understands this feeling mary's tears are such a big part of this story because in that moment when she is at her most frail at her most isolated when her grief is at its highest point when it is overwhelming jesus is there and when the disciples were so afraid of the jewish leaders so terrified were they at the prospect facing the same punishment and death that jesus had faced that they locked themselves in in the midst of that fear jesus came there what i want us all to read from john chapter 20 first of all this morning is that jesus is there jesus is here the resurrection changed everything the resurrection brings life The resurrection brings peace the resurrection brings comfort mary magdalene was inconsolable and then we read in verse 14 she turned around and saw jesus standing there but she did not realize it was jesus he asked her woman why are you crying who is it you are looking for thinking he was the gardener she said sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have put him and i will get him Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbinai, which means teacher. Who is it you are looking for? That's the question asked to Mary, asked by the very one who is the answer to that question. Who are you looking for? Comfort is found in the Lord. Let me point you to some other parts of the Bible that tell of the Lord being a place of comfort and refuge for his people when they need him the most. Psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isaiah forty-one ten: so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and keep you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand and then revelation 21 verse 4 he will wipe away every tear from their eyes death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away that verse there from revelation talks of resurrection that verse is possible that future is possible and is true because of the resurrection one day every tear will be wiped away because the tomb is empty because jesus is raised from the dead and has returned to the father mary magdalene's tears were wiped away were turned to joy by the lord because jesus is resurrected this is the good news of the gospel that the cross didn't win that sin and death have been defeated that victory over the grave has been won, that people who are far from God can be brought near. Not only that, but can personally know this comforter, this person of comfort for themselves. And if you don't know him, if you haven't given your life to him, that is what is on offer. In Jesus, there is life, there is comfort, there is salvation there is meaningful relationship, there is freedom, there is victory. How many of those things have we not had over the past 12 months? How many of those things have we not had in our lives? But in Jesus, there is comfort, salvation, meaningful relationship, freedom, victory, freedom from sin, victory over death. Jesus is victorious. He is a resurrected, victorious king and at the same time is gentle and loving and near to us. That is what we believe and that is who we believe in. Mary Magdalene was asked, who is it you are looking for? She was looking for Jesus and this is who we are looking for. This is who you are looking for. His name is Jesus. You might not know it and you might know it, you might believe it or you might not believe it, but Jesus is who we are all looking for, who our hearts are longing for, who we have, who we have been created to know and to be in a, in a relationship with. When she saw him, she recognized him and knew him, and Mary's tears were wiped away. She cried out, "Rabbi, my teacher, resurrection brings life it brings reunion it brings joy it brings freedom today we celebrate all of this we celebrate the resurrection we believe that he is risen in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved this amazing offer of life salvation freedom from sin depends on entirely on what we believe in our hearts happened on this day on Easter Sunday and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved saved from sin saved from death saved to a new life that will never end that is the free gift on offer at easter if we believe that topic of belief has a great deal of importance in john 20 and actually throughout the entire book of john we've read some of the book of john as a church together and are going to be continuing soon Um, the book of john was written quite unsurprisingly by john um, as an eyewitness account of the ministry of jesus He was there and later wrote it down. When we read John chapter 20, sometimes it might be a little bit confusing because he talks about himself in the third person. So Peter and the other disciple, that's who he's talking about. The other disciple is himself, that's John. So the things that are written in this book, in the book of John were written by John who witnessed them happening himself. And verse eight says, the other disciple, finally, the other disciple, That's john the author of the book who had reached the tomb first also went inside he saw and believed they still did not understand from scripture that jesus had to rise from the dead and then we read in verses 24 and 25 with thomas now thomas also known as didymus one of the 12 was not with the disciples when jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the lord but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hands into his side, I will not believe. The reason that these verses are so interesting and what I want to talk about and look at them for is because of what we, what we see earlier on in the life of Jesus before the cross and before and recorded these these verses that are coming up on the screen were recorded either by john himself or one of the other disciples but all of these happened before the cross before jesus was put to death Uh, jesus says in chapter 12 verse uh, of john "Uh, and i when i am lifted up from the earth will draw all people to myself he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die then in chapter 14 he says you heard me say i am going away and i am coming back to you if you loved me you will be glad that i am going to the father for the father is greater than i i have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen you will believe in matthew chapter 16 verse 21 from that time on jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to jerusalem And suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life the Old Testament is is filled with prophecies of a Messiah it's filled with promises that the Messiah will die for the sins of the world as Jews in the first century John Thomas and in fact all of the disciples knew well of this prophecy all jews did and jesus during his three or so years of ministry proved to his disciples and his followers that he was this promised messiah these disciples were even told clearly here in matthew by jesus himself that he would be killed and then on the third day raised to life in fact in matthew 27 even those who put him on the cross those elders and chief priests of the law. Even they said, he said he's coming back three days later. So what happened on the Sunday was not a complete surprise to anyone who was in the know. And yet when we read it, it clearly was. So the question is, why were the disciples not waiting for Jesus to come back? Why were they surprised? Why were they not sat waiting outside of the tomb on the Sunday morning? Why were the doors locked when the disciples were together three days after the crucifixion? Why was it not open for Jesus to walk in as he promised he would? As he promised he would be able to with balloons up to celebrate the resurrection that he told them was going to happen. I've always wondered. What was wrong with the disciples that they didn't get it? Why did they act like this, what we read, instead of what you you would expect? If you read the narrative of a story where one character says, I'm gonna die and then come back three days later, you would expect a three days later welcoming party. I think that belief is a complex thing and it would be easy to to bash the disciples for, for lacking faith. But i think that there's two really important things to remember when we read this firstly it was utterly unbelievable the story of jesus christ rising from the dead is so known and so familiar that even if someone doesn't believe it to be true or relevant they probably still know about it especially here in the west it's so built into the the fabric of our society For many, maybe the facts of it hits our ears. We're aware of it, we've heard the story before. The impact has been diminished. Jesus came back to life from the dead. But the idea of a person dying, losing their life and then coming back from the dead is utterly unbelievable and utterly impossible. However, in the New Testament, we're told that the disciples had seen Jesus do utterly impossible things already. He walked on water, he calmed storms, he controlled nature. And in fact, he raised others to life again in front of them, in front of the disciples. But this is a whole new leap of logic. His body was dead, then three days later, it was alive again. 2000 years later, and maybe with the story built into our society a little bit, we are embarrassingly blase and casual about this news. How often do we sit back and consider the enormity of this claim and the implications of it? Although Jesus told them that he would come back from the dead, it is possible that they, it is possible to understand that they didn't really believe it to their core. And even if they did, how do you make the leap from believing something impossible could happen to actually picturing it happening? Belief is a complex thing. When we're told that John looked into the, the tomb and believed, I can't imagine that, that he didn't believe Jesus when he said he'd come back to life. But maybe he believed something different. Maybe he believed that he saw the Messiah, that he knew the Messiah personally. Another important thing for us to consider when we question what was going on in the minds of the disciples is our own ability to forget or to drift away from something that we believe, something that we know to be true. Although we don't often suddenly stop believing entirely something that we know to be true, we do have a tendency to forget the importance of what we believe. That's what I want us to think about this morning. What I mean by that is that I'm sure that when Jesus told his disciples that he was going to be killed and come back three days later, that they absolutely believed that he could. However, when the time came and Jesus was killed, maybe they had stopped believing. Maybe they thought the story was over. Or maybe fear took over. Maybe the fear that they would be next because they were with him. Maybe it was the fear that caused them to stop putting what they believed into practice. We had such a good representation of that in the New Testament when Peter believed that he could walk on water because Jesus told him that he could. And so he did, right up until he took his eyes off of Jesus and then he started to drown. So maybe, just maybe, The disciples, in that period of time between Friday and Sunday, took their eyes off of Jesus. Maybe they put their eyes on themselves, on their own situation. Maybe fear took over. Maybe their thoughts about the future or what was going to happen next, what was going to happen to them. It's easy for us to take our eyes off of Jesus. It's easy to forget who he is and what he has done. In one sense, it's not because we never stop believing that if we believe it. But sometimes we forget. We forget to put it into practice. It's easy to forget who we are sometimes because he has saved us. It's easy to drift away and out of our relationship with God. Sometimes we just forget. It doesn't mean we stop believing. We can believe in one moment with absolute fervor that Jesus died for us and came back to life, and then not long later forget what the impact of that is. Not long later find ourselves in sin in temptation or just far from him. In John chapter 20 we're given a visual example of that in this passage and that's Thomas. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and believe Thomas said to him my Lord and my God then Jesus told him because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed so the other disciples weren't privy to the information that Jesus was coming back three days later and that Thomas hadn't been told but just maybe Thomas took his eyes off of Jesus I feel like recently I've had a a really personal um, way of understanding what this means. Um, Many of you will know that Indy got into uh, Warwick uh, Medical School, um, starting in September. And so we are probably likely to be moving away. um, if God opens that door for us. Um, And on the day that we found out that news, there was complete joy. uh, And then for me, absolute panic. Because I absolutely believe that God has a plan, knows exactly what he has in store for me and for my wife and our whole future. And yet for just a moment, I took my eyes off of God. I took my eyes off of that truth that I absolutely believe. And I kind of took on myself all of the fears and the worries and the stresses of that. So Thomas knew, exactly what the other disciples knew but i feel like i can completely understand his reaction here belief is a journey it is an ongoing practice i don't believe that the events of the of that friday that the i don't believe that in the midst of all of that the crucifixion that the disciples had stopped believing for a minute that jesus was the son of god they had seen it they had the proof They had first-hand witness accounts of the things that Jesus did to prove that he was the son of God but I think on that Sunday morning or the Monday evening maybe they just took their eyes off of him the panic the fear the worry the grief all contributed to something that I'm sure every one of us can understand that it's easy to drift just a bit from what we believe what we know to be true. Those disciples were told that Jesus would die and come back to life three days later. And three days later seem to have forgotten that he promised he would. How often do we as Christians forget what we believe? What we have been told? What we have seen in our own lives? How often do we forget that we have been forgiven once and for all? that our sins died on that cross. How often do we feel like we have sinned too greatly? Despite the biblical truth that we are set free from sin. How little do we live out the reality that we are adopted sons and daughters of the risen King? How often do we just forget that our lives, our daily bread Our every single need is joyfully provided by God when we ask him. How often do we spend an entire day ignoring or simply forgetting God, despite the fact that we now have a relationship with him? Forgetting or choosing to forget that we can spend time with him in prayer. It's so common for us as Christians, I think, to find ourselves stuck in a cycle of guilt and shame, or if not, lethargy, or just downright apathy. And that is because we stop believing, or at least we stop living what we believe. I'm sure that of those things that I read there, all of us have felt that at some point. That doesn't mean that we stopped believing that Jesus rose from the dead or that we've been saved from our sins sometimes we stop believing or at least stop living what we believe we believe that Easter Sunday the resurrection is life changing and believing that means that every single day That means every single day we are living in the fullness and the freedom that the resurrection won for God's kingdom and for our souls. That is our position. Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who will believe without seeing. And then John ends chapter 20 with this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. By believing you may have life. Life. That is what Easter Sunday is all about. Life. Not to hear once, to make a decision once. I believe that and then just move on with our lives, to never reflect on that, to never living, to live in the fullness of that, that by believing you may have life. I think that believing means putting it into practice, living like we believe that it is true. There is so much good and grace and encouragement and truth in the Bible for us to believe. Not to just take once and then fail it away. I've read that, I know that now. But to meditate on, to reread over and over and over again, to remember each day, to bring it to the front of our minds as we approach each new day as God's people. To believe that what God says is true, that what the Bible says is true. In terms of what has happened but also what will happen in the future as well as what's true right now so what does it mean to believe first of all to believe what he has done that God created all that we know all that we understand that he sent his only son to die for you and for me that he brought him back to life Defeating your sin and my sin once and for all. Believing means believing that he has done that. If you hear that once and then move on with your life, move on to the next thing, then are we really living out what we believe? Our attitude of appreciation towards that truth will inevitably fade if we hear that once and then move on. We remind ourselves every day of the truth of what he has done. Secondly, we believe in what he will do, that he will come again, that he will take us to be with him in eternity, that he will create all things new and that we will be there with him. To believe means to believe what is ahead of us, to believe what he will do. If we take our eyes off of that, if we take our eyes off of the future we've been promised, we're going to lose appreciation of the temporary nature of this life. We're going to look less and less longingly at the incredible future that he has in store for us. We'll get more and more wrapped up in the things and experiences of this life. That by believing you may have life in his name thirdly that means believing in what he is doing the bible tells us that he is renewing you he has filled you with his spirit he has given you spiritual gifts to live for him he has set you free from sin so that you can live in the freedom of that today he intercedes on your behalf so that you can approach the father these are written that you may believe and by believing you may have life in his name. Life, life is not believing something once and then moving on to the next stage in our lives. It is bringing truth to the front of our minds, meditating on them every single day and living in the fullness of them. I want to make clear that having new life through salvation from sin is a once in a lifetime event. If you, as Romans says, confess with your mouths and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, then you will be saved. It is as simple as that. If you believe and confess, you will be saved. When John looked into the tomb and believed, he wasn't just believing that Jesus came back from the dead, as unbelievable and impossible as that already was. He had already seen Jesus raise someone from the dead. But when John looked into the tomb, he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who would save anyone who believed. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John wrote his book so that people will believe That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that he has defeated sin, he has defeated death, and that he welcomes people into the family of God and an eternal life with him. First of all, you will be saved from your sins, but then you can have life by living out what we believe, the truth, what God has done, what God is doing. What God will do for those who believe. If you haven't, I pray that you will consider taking that step of faith and believing in him. If you have taken that step, I really pray that you are living the life that you have been saved for, that you are as near to God as he is near to you. The Christian life is ongoing belief about what is true. And when you are far from God, which I'm sure every single one of us has felt at some point in our lives, we have to be able to recall truth, to bring to our minds what is true, what we believe, what the Bible has told us. Because otherwise, what takes over us is fear, apathy, isolation, Feelings of not being good enough, fears that God is far, that we have drifted too far from him. Separation from Jesus allowed fear and anxiety and worry to creep into the disciples. They locked themselves away rather than waiting at the tomb for him to appear again. When Mary turned around and found comfort in Jesus, He is right there when we turn to him. So believe what is true, what you know to be true, put your belief into action. We do that by praying, reading the word of God, singing songs of worship, serving, putting our gifts to use, putting our beliefs into action, evangelizing, telling other people about him. A good test of the state of our faith is how much we share and talk about what God has done and is doing in our lives. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Let people meet Jesus. Don't just tell them about how to live. Tell them who Jesus is, who he is to you, what he has done for you, how he has set you free. Ongoing belief in the person and work of the resurrection The person of Jesus Christ and the work of the resurrection of Easter Sunday, of the person of Christ, is what we are called to believe every single day. So let's be absolutely ready for when Jesus comes back again, because the Bible tells us that he is. Let's not be locked away, let's be waiting at the tomb. Amen. The band are going to come up again uh, and we're going to sing together. Just as they do that, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 2 that tells us of this life, this life that we can have every day when we put our faith, our belief into action. Ephesians chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ for it is by grace you have been saved through faith this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen.